Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello, and welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. I'm Charlotte Spicer, executive producer and host of the show, energetic healer and channel for Yeshua and other members of the divine. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. If you're a loyal listener, wherever you get your podcast, I hope you'll leave a rating and a comment that will tell others that there's something valuable for them to hear. You can book a life-changing energetic healing session with me at spiritualinsightsradio.com. And while you're there, check out the events page to learn more about the free online events that I offer on a monthly basis. They consist of A Course in Miracles virtual class, the Psychic and Metaphysics free-for-all, and a weekly guided meditation class with Yeshua channeled by me. Today, I would like to introduce you to someone who is a pioneer in the spiritual community and whose acquaintance I recently made. For more than two decades, Michael R. Smith, Ph.D., has been empowering empaths and highly sensitive people, also known as HSPs, to recognize and embrace their gifts and awaken them to their divine potential. Dr. Smith holds a doctorate in psychology and counseling. He is also a spiritual medium who spent 18 years working with indigenous healers around the world to more deeply explore and promote human potential. Michael's great joy is to serve as a spiritual guide for those at all levels of awakening. In addition to his annual Sedona Celebration Spiritual Retreat, he offers online classes for intuition development, business mentoring for lightworkers like me, soul readings, private mentoring, and he has a community, the Empath Sanctuary, which is a safe place for empaths and HSPs to connect and grow together. He's been featured in documentary films and on numerous mind-body healing summits, including the Shift Network. Michael has given workshops around the world, including the Omega Institute in New York, and has personally coached thousands of individuals to make stronger connections between mind, body, and spirit. Since 2007, his materials have guided over a million individuals. And just recently, Michael invited me to teach and offer energetic healing to the members of his Empath Sanctuary community, and I had a terrific time interacting with them. It was a community crossover event, So I'd like to acknowledge and welcome everyone in his community who is tuning in now, and I hope everyone in the Spiritual Insights community will be inspired to learn more about him and all that he has to offer by exploring his website, empathconnection.com. So please join me in welcoming Michael to Spiritual Insights. I am so excited that this is finally taking place. Welcome, Michael. It's great to have you with me today. Shar, it's so great to be here and uh, a special shout out to all the listeners and I'm so excited to be part of your community now and doing this community crossover. Real excited to see where where the conversation takes us today. Mm-hmm. And where the how the future unfolds yes. because uh, you're high energy, you're big energy. 
I think yeah. I'm pretty big energy. And when you combine those, look at the energy that it creates be with, between you, me, and our respective communities. Yeah. And per the change and the good that we can do in the world. Total synergy. Total. I mean, from the very first time that I, I we connected and I met you, I just knew, you know, but simpatico, right? Just soul friends, as we called it. And yeah. soul family. And, and so, yeah, it feels really, really good. Instant connection. It was just Instant. another one of those click. Wait, I know you. Yes. <laughs> I know you. So I usually like to start in the beginning. Mm. You know, like how you got onto this path. What got you motivated? Where was the pivot in your life? What came first? Psychology and counseling or the spiritual path? How did that start, each of them? And then how did they come together? You know, that's a great question. I think a lot of, like a lot of us, we had... I, I remember just feeling different and feeling like I didn't necessarily belong in my family early on. And, and to me, I was deeply spiritual from, I mean, as early as I can remember when my grandfather was, or my grandmother rather, was teaching me about Christ. And, and I just had this I don't know. She just awakened something in me. So that's a fantastic question. And, and it's interesting that this memory is coming up because I've never really shared that before uh, the influence of her. And, and, and I kept that uh, longing for the divine. Uh, like a lot of us have, I thought I was going to be a priest. And so I went to a Catholic college, St. John's university in, in Minnesota, where I'm from, I'm a native of Minnesota. And, and that evolved into wanting to serve um, and I became a counselor. So that, you know, the longing was there first, but then I became a counselor and then I became extremely miserable. Like a lot of us do and recognize that we're in the wrong profession or the wrong field. And, and for me, it was just when I got into a fight with my department chair and I was screaming at him, I realized like <laughs> academia, uh, I was a professor of counseling. And I just thought, you know what? The universe is pushing me to get the hell out of here. I need to go follow my soul path. So uh, the universe provided that opportunity by me getting fired from my, from my job as a tenure track mm. professor of counseling, because I was trying to do something spiritual in that main, very mainstream program. They were very threatened by that. So, okay. That was my question. Bye. That was yeah, my question that perhaps the uh, environment was too clinical Totally. And and you were reaching for more. So you had tried to initiate bringing a, a, a different perspective to the work and they basically were threatened by you. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and and I call it the shoehorn effect when life comes along and, and uh, uproots you so that you can get moving on the path you're supposed to be on. That was totally it. I, I love what, what you said about mm -hmm. that. It's, it's so true. The universe provided this great invitation and I went to Santa Fe, New Mexico after, after that, I, where do, what, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? What am I becoming? And I was like, you know what? I need to engage my spiritual curiosity. Yeah. I had my first psychic experience when I was 18, which is pretty unusual for people that do this type of work. Definitely different from you. Um, I didn't have that, you know, those psychic visions until 18. But once I did, man, it, it sparked my curiosity. And I was like, I have got to dedicate my life really yeah. to learning more. And so I went to Santa Fe, I started hanging out with the Native Americans there, shaman, shamans, multiple shamans, and 
got a degree in uh, New Mexico Academy of Healing Arts and, you know, doing sweat lodges twice a week for basically five, six years, the Inipi purification ceremony with the, with the Lakota. And it was so beautiful. That's intense. Two a week. I've done a sweat lodge. Yeah. That's intense. It's intense. Oh, it was genuine. Mm -hmm. It was in Pendleton, Oregon. But there's, um, I need a, I need a puzzle piece. I need you to fit something in my understanding because I'm listening Mm -hmm. intently, but let's back up to where you were in the seminary, right? No, no, no. I, I thought I was going to be a priest, uh, and life took me in a, in, oh, so, instead of being a priest, a, as a counselor instead. Oh, I see. So you went into the counseling arena instead of yeah. that. Okay. My question was, well, how did you get out of that? Because it's interesting when people consider that path, what changes their mind? Yeah. Well, I was gay and I am gay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, that kind of did it right there. <laughs> I mean, and I still am. <laughs> Catholic church, right? I mean, right. come on. Uh, uh, I, I wanted to run the other way, which is ironic because now I work with Yeshua. I work with that Christ consciousness energy very, very deeply. And I have a personal relationship like you do. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like I know that I am the, a divine servant of that energy, uh, in a, of course, in a non-religious way. And it took the religious wounding uh, in order for me to come full circle because I didn't want to have anything to do with that for All of us. many, many years. All <laughs> of us have to touch it in order to realize that we're above it because of the harm that it does. Yeah. When you say touch it, what are you referring to? Religion, organized religion. Uh, And so when you do that and I, and I could recognize in myself, I don't need this. I just needed to look into it to get to know myself a little better. And so by the end of third grade, I was begging my parents, get me out of here. I can't take the lies. I'm always in trouble. Mm-hmm. The listeners know I was always in trouble in Catholic school because I was one of those. I blurt stuff out and mm-hmm. all they had to do was say something that contradicted another statement they made several months before or say something bad about Mary Magdalene. And I'm shouting, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they didn't know how to handle me. So it was always go to Mother Superior. You don't know that story. So I'm going to tell it again. So I got to know Mother Superior pretty well. Oh. And uh, her final statement was, you're just not like other kids, Char. You're just not like <laughs> other kids. The compliment. <laughs> that was a very validating statement because that was my suspicion. Yeah. And it made me feel secure in myself. And then I said, I can't do this organized thing. I, I have my own thing going on because there's things I feel and, and hear. Anyway, so back to you. So you went through indigenous healers around the world, you said, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been down to Mexico and we were working down there for a little bit, but primarily the Plains tribes, the Lakota um, here in in the States and, uh, you know, have done Sundance Path. And uh, and that that was, you know, for those of you that don't know, the, the Sundance is a Native American ceremony that uh, across uh, many different tribes where it's we focus on the tree of life in the center of the, of, uh, of the, the grounds there, uh, this, uh, there's a big uh, circle and we put the tree up in the center and then we pray uh, to the divine for four days, four nights uh, from sundown or from sunup to sundown, dancing the entire day and the entire four days without food or water. And before I did that for the first time, it was like, I was quite intimidated (laughs) like are you really ready for this and what I found and what 
just blew me away was the power of community in a ceremony like that. It showed me being the one who was basically tied to the tree uh, uh, for a, a couple hour stretch when it came my time when all of the community was focused on me. Okay. And then we have uh, pegs that are put under our skin. The whole point of the men doing this uh, is to honor the women who bleed. So I got an, a chance to offer up some blood by pulling back. Uh, we have ropes that are tied to our pectoral muscles and I, I pull back and lean back so that the pegs will break and yeah. the skin will break. And then I bleed. And the whole time it was theoretically, if I had done that on my own, it would be excruciating. But yeah. because we were in community and doing this ceremonially to honor the women, to honor the divine and to pray for the entire community, I was shocked because it did not hurt at all. I, as, I, as I broke and I'm bleeding profusely and I, I still have scars to this day. I don't, you probably can't see them, but. Um, yeah, I can see it a little bit. Yeah, they're very, very, quite large and, uh, you know, very, very deep wounds. And it did not hurt at all because of the people praying for us. So it just goes to show the power of what you're doing, what I'm doing, what all of us who are light workers are doing this year in 2023, we're coming together deeper and deeper. I don't know what you feel, Char, but I feel like this year, 2023 is about community yep. and about us as light workers, as empaths coming together in community. The days of the lone wolf are over. Yes. And my little ceremonial example is just, going to show uh, is an illustration of what was really going on on the planet here is we're coming together. And when we do miracles can happen, they are going to happen. And I'm with you a hundred percent. I know you listened to my last segment with um, mother Mary and Danielle Gibbons, where I was saying how I can feel the energy that we're going from masculine independence and separateness into the feminine union of community and I can feel the differences in the energy. Uh, I was yeah. uh, just speaking with Divine Mother on the program about uh, how different the energy feels and, and what I've learned. So absolutely, to just to recap, if anyone is new to the show, that over the past several years, Divine Mother and Mother Mary have been talking about coming into the age of Aquarius, where it, there's an emphasis and a focus on um, equality between races, gender, financial uh coming together in a more loving way, operating out of the upper three chakras instead of the humanistic and survival-driven lower three. And so it's coming together now. And as when I met Michael um, and learned that, you know, what he does and we just got to know each other a little bit and we were like, there's something we can create here. We can we can hold space for a lot of people with the energy that we put out. So yes. yeah, absolutely. And um, so speaking of, like I said in the introduction, what you do is you teach empaths and HSPs. You got it. And this is this is what I want everybody to hear more about, and I want to learn more about it. Um, but just to start off, what are you and the empaths in your community feeling about the vibrational frequency of 2023 so far? Do you feel what I'm describing about that being that inner world being flipped and my priorities being rearranged? And yes. spirit taking the utmost priority in my soul work. Absolutely. 
um, we're all feeling in our own ways, a call. And the call manifests in different ways for each one of us, depending on where we're at. It's undeniable though, that every single person that I've talked to in my community, all the empaths, all the light workers, we use similar terminology uh, to describe what, what we're feeling. Um, for it, in the way that I'm feeling and, and perceiving this is it's taking two different tracks. So we've got the first track is for those of us that are committed to serving the divine and committed to doing our work, whatever that looks like for each one of us, uh, doing the shadow work, healing what needs to be healed, releasing what needs to be released. And for those of us that are committed to doing that, we are receiving after quite a while, the benefits of that, a feeling of community, a feeling of being with our soul family, with our tribe, with our, our, the people that are, are dear to us, who we've agreed to be here on the earth and, and help at this time. So that's the first track. The second track is some of us are experiencing kind of the opposite of that. We're being dis, uh, experiencing anxiety, a lot of anxiety, a lot of empaths experiencing tremendous anxiety this year, tremendous tiredness, tremendous exhaustion. Mm -hmm. um, and that is also quite common. Um, and each of these paths, each of these tracks are, one is not better than the other. What the, in my view, what the anxiety is actually, what it actually is, it's an invitation and a, and a, a strong signal for us that we need to start paying attention to a even more to the spiritual realm and, and getting stronger connection to the spiritual realm because this the connection truly is the antidote to human anxiety and and that signal that that anxiety is 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 saying hey wake up you need to do something different yes and a lot of times what we need to do in order to let that anxiety go is to just create stronger boundaries yes human, because we try to do too much and i want to reiterate what divine mother just said to me uh in the in the segment i just published is about spiritual hygiene she likes to call it mm. where we have to tend to our spiritual needs first first and foremost take care of that and then let the other activities of life fall into place Mm -hmm. what you're describing could fall under the category of what we call ascension symptoms yes so some are like you said depending on where you are on the path not that anyone is better right. than the other um and um, also superiority and inferiority are coming into balance so for those who are experiencing anxiety or even physical symptoms which i think still continue those are symptoms of the ascension process, I went through intense pain at the latter part of 2022. And because it was said on the show by Mother Mary that, you know, old grief is coming up for people. Uh, old, and I just said that there's, that 2022 for me was an opportunity to heal old wounds, release old grief, mm. very cathartic and purging and cleansing and freeing. Um, but at the end, I had so much pain in my kidneys and I know the kidneys represent because I'm highly into symbology and all that mm -hmm. kidneys represent emotion yeah. and I could feel 
the energy moving through them. And I was like, yep, it hurts now, but you're going to feel great in a few days. So I'm so glad you brought this up because what a lot of empaths don't realize is that the kidneys, I have had kidney issues my whole life, uh, stones and, and poor blood flow to the kidneys. And um, it's not serious. Uh -huh. it's, it's prevalent, right? And it gets our attention. And I, again, I'm glad you brought this up because a lot of empaths have lower back pain. Yes. And that can actually be the, uh, a, a, a symptom, as you call it, of us, the body attempting to filter out the emotional energy that we perceive from others and that we perceive from the world. So the kidneys then go on overdrive. It can manifest as lower back pain when it's actually kidney issues and sacral chakra issues. And that's Absolutely. the reality among all empaths is that we're, we're all tied to each other emotionally and we perceive the emotional energy of other people. Yes. And if you forget to clear that and release it, yeah. um, we, I think we had this conversation the other night. I had it recently anyway, but a lot of us out of the kindness of our hearts and because we ourselves have, might perceive some empaths don't have difficult childhoods and that's great. Good for you. Mm -hmm. If that's you, yeah. but for those of us who did have difficult, uh, a difficulty finding our way in understanding who we are, how we fit in, or if we fit in at all and how to process the situations we're born into. Um, if we don't know how, how important it is to clear that energy, we don't know the, the deleterious effect it can have, but what we do is we try to process the emotions of others so that they don't suffer because we don't want to suffer. And so we yeah. do that and it's totally, it's energetically illegal is what I call it. I love that. You're not I allowed to that. do that. You know, um, I've heard so many of my relations and clients and beloved clients that turn into friends later on yeah. say the same, some version of the same thing, which is exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and, and the line that I hear over and over is I would rather take on the suffering of some other person rather than seeing a person or an animal suffering. I'd rather suffer myself. Yeah. And that just shows, yes, we have a kind heart. However, that is, as you say, it's illegal and we have deleterious effects Very. on the human body, on our energy hygiene, our aura, our power, our connection. That thought will create more sponging, more absorbing that we don't need. And then, then the body gets stuck in a cycle of overdoing it. I know for me, I when I first started as a healing practitioner around 2005-ish, I thought I was going to save the world. I like, <laughs> I had this kind of belief that I'm a superhero, right? Me like, too. Yeah. I'm here on the planet. I'm doing all this hardcore Native American shamanism and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, fight demons. And my, my, my first shamanic mentor said, you're going to fight demons one day. And I was like, Ooh, okay. I get to be like Archangel Michael, like my namesake, right? Yeah. How cool is that? Well, because of that, my soul uh, very quickly slammed me down and I wound <laughs> up in a mental institution not far off from that. Oh, no. Because I was literally taking on extremely low vibrational energy. Oh. And uh, we can't do that. And it was illegal. And, uh, you know, I learned my lesson. I learned so, the hard way so you need a little healing to take place and straighten some things out. Yeah. And that's exactly what, see, the divine is so loving 
I, I made it through that dark place as a lot of us, uh, my trauma came in adulthood, not my childhood. Oh. At some point though, if we're, tr- you know, if, if we're not willing to face our shadows and, and do the healing work that is being asked of us by the divine, the universe will provide an invitation for us, sometimes very uncomfortable invitations as what happened to, to me. So it's in our best interest to heed those calls this year, 2023, because if we're ignoring those calls this, this year and mm-hmm. all the years down the road, if we keep ignoring those soul calls to leave the relationship or start our light worker business or whatever version of that is for you, you're going to get an invitation that's not going to feel so hot, perhaps. Uh, so we want to be make sure that we follow that call, that soul call from the divine and and uh, and then we can avoid those unpleasant situations. Beautifully said. But let me say something that bears repeating. Yeah. The more stubborn you want to be, the bigger the thump on the head. So choose exactly. wisely, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> choose wisely. I want to add to that, Michael. I love the way you said that. I want to, you know, acknowledge that many people listening to this who are empaths or HSPs who grew up, whether you grew up in a difficult environment at home or a, a semi-decent one, it doesn't matter. But when we have that impulse to take on what's not ours, I think it's, I think we can assess our abilities accurately. I think I can do this. I think I can help that person by doing this. That's an accurate assessment of what potentially could happen. What we overestimate is our knowledge about what to do with it and when to put it put it down. And so we don't know that there's a release valve. We don't know that there's um, maintenance techniques for the energy field to clear it. Um, we, we don't, there's ignorance involved because we don't understand the deleterious effects of taking on energy that does not belong to you and trying to keep it. You need to separate yourself from it. So for all the empaths who do work uh, energetically with people, you must, absolutely must, release the energy and give it back to the person. The second thing I always say is that in doing this, and it took me a long time to get this because I didn't want to. You know, I wanted to heal the world. Mm. You know, um, my, my listeners have heard me say a couple times over the past 10 years. That, you know, a big moment for me, a pivotal moment was when that uh, Coca-Cola commercial came out in the 70s. Um, I want to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Mm. I want to buy the world a Coke and keep it company. You know, I uh, I wanted to teach harmony. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I had that those chills and that deep feeling of stillness. Like, I think I just found my purpose. I was a kid. But that meant a lot to me. But... What we all need to recognize is, A, when we, when we dance into the realm of self-sacrifice, and that when you do this for other people, and this goes for those who are codependent, think about that as well, that when you try to do this for another person, you're robbing them of an experience, of a learning situation, of a, of a, of a lesson that they set out to learn in their life plan. And you can be part of the scenario, but you can't take over. And I had my, um, thank God, what helped me because I felt everything. If you were crying, I was crying. And I could feel your pain. And I'm, I'm going to sit and suffer with you because that's what a friend does. 
And I had to reshape that definition. And then when I was 28, tell me if you're familiar with this term, it's an astrological term. It's called a Saturn return. Happens between the ages of 28 and 32. Basically, you take a snapshot of your chart in the solar system the minute you're born and wherever Saturn is. takes 28 years to get back there. In fact, Saturn's doing a full orbit now. It's moving into a new sign this year. So that'll be good. It'll get off my back <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, what happened was I came home from work and these tears, very clear tears, not salty ones. And, and I've described uh, often before that when you're crying and your face is sticky and tight with salt, that actual healing has taken place. These were clear tears. These are more um, based on the ego, that kind of thing. But these were something, these were almost crystalline, these tears. They were even different texture. But they're dripping down my face. And I'd seen my mother and, and she says, what's the matter? I said, nothing. She says, why are you crying? I said, I'm not actively crying. My eyes are just leaking. Mm -hmm. It's been doing this for days. Mm -hmm. She says, well, are you upset? I said, I'm not upset at all. But something's happening and I feel like I'm being peeled like an onion. Mm -hmm. And I said, so I'm going to go with it. I think something good is happening. And what I found afterwards was that I finally had the ability to sit and hold space for somebody and let them cry and grieve and tell me all about their problems without me going all the way down that with them through the mud. But I could hold space and I knew what to say uh, without uh, um, undue emotion yeah. and without so much sympathy. Because what I, what I teach my, my community is that sympathy is a combination of self-pity and empathy. You can't help somebody when you're feeling sorry for them because you have to honor their path. Yes. You have to honor their choices no matter how ill-advised they are. And work from there, work from where they are. Anyway, I don't. I want to hand it back to you, but I needed to share that a bit, and you kind of created a nice springboard for me to do that. Mm -hmm. So, so with your with your empaths and your HSPs and your communities and your classes and all that you do, what do you recommend to anyone of them in terms of energetic maintenance? Like we have lots of tools in our toolbox. What are some of the most effective things you've shared? Uh, two things. Are coming up and i'm just going to piggyback off what you said because it's brilliant right um when we hold space for someone we need to be connected in order to prevent the absorption of their um energy and so the first i mean clearly the the strongest way to prevent problems from happening in the first place and prevent the absorbing or sponging of another person's energy as you so rightfully say, I mean, we basically got to stay out of it. And how do we stay out of it? Mm -hmm. We connect intentionally to source, spirit, divine, God, whatever label you use. We go to that quiet, still neutral place. And that's where we operate when we are. It doesn't matter what interaction we're having with the grocery clerk. I mean, I go to the grocery store and I stand in line. And I, my awareness is on calling on source in the grocery store line. That's where we need, where we're being asked and invited to be that present, that aware, that focused. And I'm, um, you know, I'm using this as an example of one of many where we're all being invited into connecting more deeply. So the first is connection, number one. And then number two, just as important, 
is uh, for energy hygiene for, for impasse is physical movement, moving the body, be opening the root chakra, connecting to the earth, connecting to the earth, connecting to the earth. We can't, cannot say it enough because the earth is what keeps us connected and it's mm-hmm. a release valve uh, of sorts, mm-hmm. just like a tree gets uh, nourished. We are the tree. We are the living tree. So the more that we are connected to the earth, uh, the the easier it becomes to stay connected and therefore keep that hygiene. And the best way that I found for empaths to do that is by physical movement. Uh, Often like a very good cardio workout for those of us that can do it is amazing. I know that that's what my body prefers. Some of us prefer based on our energetic and I'm glad you brought up astrological makeup because we're all made up of different elements. And some mm-hmm. have more, I've got a lot, I've got all water, all fire, no air, no earth in my chart. Oh, so, right. And you need earth. I need earth. And that's why it's so important that for me to keep myself energetically healthy, I need to do hardcore intense cardio. And I do that through hot yoga. Um, for those of us that might be more earth-based and air-based in our astrological makeup, you may absolutely be repelled by hot yoga and the heat. That would be. Right? So we're all different. So finding a way in our, each of our unique uh, preferences and makeup to, to, to move the body and then the the body will discharge energy on its own, just like your tears, right? Uh, Yes. Coming up. That's what the body working on our behalf. And, and uh, so, yes, finding a way to do that is, is a way that we can keep our, our hygiene. Hmm. Well, not to give the listeners too much of a visual, but I I lean towards dancing and spinning. Ah, oh, I love that. Me too. And, and I like to <laughs> I like to emit energy from the tips of my fingers as mm-hmm. I spin. I'm I'm clearing it all out, bringing energy yeah. in, flushing it out, and yeah. it's kind of like changing changing your oil. Yeah, or changing. Like right now. I'm do, doing this and everyone invite the listeners to take your fingers and just kind of just very quickly move your fingers and then move them all over your head and uh-huh. your chest and in your aura. And it feels so good. So and you were you, kind of doing twinkle fingers. Yeah. I call them spirit fingers. Fingers. You know, spirit spirit fingers. fingers. Okay. I do the dancing also. And every yep. morning my routine is I get up and uh, within 20 minutes of awake awakening, I, I put on my music and I dance for like 20 to 30 minutes. Is that right? Yep. And How fun. Prayer. As prayer, I intentionally communing with the divine and, and praising the divine and, and saying, thank you. I'm so grateful to be here in the human body serving you. I'm, I'm loving my life. You know, it's this type of an energy. That's what I do to, to wake up in the morning and get myself connected. Oh. I'll do something like that. I do. I do something that activates the um, third chakra. Oh, yeah. What do you do? I do. A, it's a special crunch that Yeshua taught me. Mm. And so what it does is. As as I go to uh, my core and contract the abdomen, mm-hmm. picture picture folding a little bit to where your third chakra is suddenly facing your root chakra, and now you got the second chakra in the middle, and energies oh. activating, and it's saying, "Okay, guys, time to wake up. We're going to activate, and we're going to work at our best today." And then I do breathing exercises, Kapalabhati breaths, mm. a lot of them. And then I do what's called a light quotient exercise. And it's a way to uh, increase your wattage, 
so to speak. Mm. Say you have a light bulb on top of your head and it, you can increase your wattage and it's something that Archangel Metatron teaches in their community. Mm. So that's fun. So yeah, but there's a, a lot more I want to ask you and I want to um, really uh, get an idea because I haven't had honestly a chance to ask you a lot of questions about what you do. So this is my chance and I want the listeners mm. to hear it. Um, I want to go through your offerings one by one. Okay. Right. So the first thing you have is your training program for empaths called Empath Academy. Yep. And uh, your next uh, cycle, I'll call it, is in August of this year, August 2023. Mm-hmm. And everyone can go look go to your website for more detail. But how do you how do you train empaths and HSPs? What do you do? Give me an idea of what that training experience can look and feel like for someone who wants to know better what it is they can do, how to work with it, understand themselves. Yeah. What's that training okay. feel like? I'm glad you asked. Thank you for uh, for this invitation to uh, explore this more deeply. So the Empath Academy is what I call a fast track. And it's a five-week course. And we spend uh, the majority of the five weeks doing two things. And that is basically what we just talked about. Connecting to the divine, amplifying our light, amplifying our source in a community ceremony. It is a ceremony, meaning it is intentional. It is more than just a class. Now, I am not one of those authors that goes around, um, and and there's nothing against this. It it can be temporarily effective, I believe, to do bubble meditations or shielding, uh, that there's a time and a place for that. In my experience, it is much more effective rather than playing defense and believing that we have to like shield ourselves in a bubble from the world. We just call on Yeshua. We call on Christ. We call on Kuan Yin. We call on Mother Mary. We call on all of these and the masters. We just call on the divine, whatever the divine is for you. And we go to that quiet, neutral space. We connect. So we practice this live in the class and the miracles that happen. I cannot even tell you. It is astounding to me. I, as a practitioner, as a human being, (laughs) I can't wrap my head around what I see and what I do for a living and what I've been doing for 20 years. That's the beauty of the human mind. So we do work with the human mind as well. And we work with uncovering these unconscious limiting beliefs that most of us don't even know we have. So what I do as a practitioner in this class is I listen. Mm. I listen to what is being said. And more importantly, I listen to what is not being said. I bring it up live in the moment. And we have miraculous healings occur Mm -hmm. when these things become conscious. And that's what we do as empaths is we are mirrors and we serve as mirrors for the unseen, the unvoiced, we are mediums and we bring this up. And that's what we do in the academy. Uh, also, is we spend a lot of time doing the shadow work and bringing these unconscious be- uh, beliefs to light, because when they are brought to light, then what, what do we get to do? We can choose to invoke our divinity rather than our, our human limiting beliefs born of the ego. And then the other part of the mental body that I like to call the judge which is the lowest vibrational part of the mental body that uh, we want to get out of. And so by the end of these five weeks, we have a lot of miracles occur. So that's the academy. 
And that's the class that I'm doing right now. And I'm working with a lot of members of Mother's Community. Uh, Danielle sent us a lot of uh, new students into the academy this year. Oh, wonderful. And such a joy. We, it's, um, it's usually a fairly intimate group, about usually about 12 to 13. This year, I'm doing the largest group I ever did, which is 17 or so. It's been, it's been so much fun. Okay. And uh, there are absolutely wonderful people in Danielle's community. They're amazing. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. I zeroed in on what you said about, you know, listening intently mm-hmm. to what people say, but also hearing what they're not saying. Yeah. Because for me, that's where I find some of the most substance. Mm-hmm. What you are perceiving is one thing. What's underneath it is the real, is the real problem. And the answer is all, usually in the question. More times than not, ah, thank you. the question has the answer in it. I love that. See, that's what people don't realize. It's such a high level spiritual truth. What you just said is that questions are the basis for our manifesting here on the earth plane, the questions that we ask. And so we spend a ton of time in all of my programs. I've got a gazillion programs. I mean, you can go to the website and you'll see. Like, yeah, hey, I'm just going to go through a few. <laughs> Questions are what are the theme in all of my programs is we spend a lot of time defining like what is a good question? What is a proper question? A question uh, that involves, that invokes our ability to manifest that has the answer in, in the question. How can I use my gifts, embrace myself as an empath so that I can serve the divine without being overwhelmed so I can manifest what I want, money, health, and relationships. That is an example of a very good question because it contains the answer in the question itself. And I'm glad you brought that up. I love it. (laughs) See how we are together, ladies and gentlemen? This is how we are on the phone. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) My goodness. What did we do on Saturday? Two and a half hours just Mm -hmm. shooting the breeze and just... (laughs) Two and a half hours. That's right. Crazy. Um, Okay, so the other one I'm excited about is that if anyone out there is a light worker, if you're a medium or I don't care if you read tea leaves, uh, if you are in the business of helping others in their and on their spiritual path, you have what you call a solopreneur startup, an eight-week intensive for light workers and healers ready to share their gifts, launch a spiritual business, and make an abundant income. An eight-week Solpreneur startup, an eight-week intensive for lightworkers and healers ready to share their gifts, launch a business, and make an abundant income. But I'm imagining that people can also attend who already have a business and just want to invigorate and galvanize what they're doing and get that on a higher level. Is that correct? Um, not really, because the startup program is, is intentional. It's designed for those that are seeking the clarity and the confidence to start their business, to make the launch and actually do the starting. Now, um, I'm doing a new course that I ha- that you haven't seen yet that I want to plug too, um, because it's going to be starting here shortly in a, in a couple of months. I'm doing it with Molly Hamill Ferguson. Um, and together, we're doing a course for people that are empath entrepreneurs that already have businesses, including those that are light workers and including those that are not light workers that want to take it to the next level. So I have both business classes. I've got the solopreneur startup for light workers who, who need that confidence, who need the clarity to, to know that I, okay, I can share my story. I can be seen. I can have a presence whether and share my gifts, share my medicine, share my story, yeah. and I can do it 
uh, with and set aside those fears of being judged and knowing that that is what is going to drive my income as a light worker. The, the, there's a direct correlation between one's ability to let go of the fear of being judged and the ability to manifest in income as a light worker. So that's that's the, the solopreneur startup. And then we have a, a new class coming called the Abundant um, Empath Entrepreneur. And that will very shortly be available on my website within very shortly. And uh, that was, is for just anyone who is an entrepreneur and an empath talking about how to prevent burnout. How do we not get overwhelmed with our business? How do we not prevent our business as solopreneurs, solopreneurs from overtaking our consciousness 24 seven? How do we create boundaries so we're not burned out? So I'm really thankful that you brought this up because yeah. uh, we're a lot of us as empaths are headed in that direction this year here in, in 2023. We're realizing that, okay, I've been at this soul-sucking job for 20 years and I've been drained. I am fatigued. I am exhausted. And it's time for something new to follow that soul call. And that's the impetus of the work that I do is to kind of give you that nudge, that gentle nudge, and sometimes a little kick in the boohawks, right? To, yeah. to get you out of your comfort zone, but all done with love, of course. Absolutely. So, everyone's yeah. getting the call. Everyone's light is being illuminated even brighter. The Christ light in everybody. Um, the divine is behind it. And as Archangel Metatron likes to call it, when he ha- when they have to give us a shove, he calls it the cosmic boot. Mm. So, yeah, I, mean, I love how you say soul-sucking job. We sometimes say soul-destroying jobs because it can mm. feel that way. It really depletes you and makes you feel empty and hollow and dead inside. If you're not doing something that gives you joy and gives you a sense of fulfillment and some type of satisfaction. but That's the currency of this year, I think, is, is the joy, community, and satisfaction. Absolutely. And I can think of a dozen people off the top of my head who I have worked with through the show because we do live shows where people call in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's people who know they have a gift, but don't quite know how to harness it. And if they did, where do I start? And so yeah. I hear myself repeatedly saying a lot of things in, vari- in varying ways because it has to be tailored to the person asking the question. But it's largely the same concept about how to get started and say yes and put yourself out there and get comfortable. Yeah. So it's comforting for me to know that I have somewhere to send them with someone I trust Mm -hmm. and that will, they'll be in good hands and that you can help mold and shape and help them access the confidence that I know is in there. They just have to access it, but I don't uh, venture really into a lot of what you're doing. I'm uh, largely doing the healing and and all that. But if you're handling this, um, the teaching arena, fantastic so that's great okay now you have a couple events coming up and i want to quickly touch on them before we sign off the first one which is very exciting the sedona celebration annual retreat this is something you've been doing for how many years well this will be the second year in sedona i've done other retreats before in colorado but this is the the second year in sedona with a little bit of a larger group than i had done before we had last year we had uh, it was our first year in sedona and we had a uh, 18 and 20, including Deborah Hess, who's an amazing facilitator. I meant to uh, right? mention Deborah Hess. Uh, if anyone's in the beloved publications community, you know Deborah if you've ever been to a Mother Mary retreat or attended School of Love. She's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, so you and Deborah are f- co facilitating this. 
Yes, and the you know the focus is on creating magic. It's on strengthening our intuition and doing that by using earth-based practices and getting into our body. So Deborah's leading uh, you know the yoga and the breath work and the meditation, and then we just having fun. We're calling it a celebration for a reason because it's a time and a place for you to set aside your ordinary 3D earthly human reality and come and play as a human, but also connecting to the divine with members of your soul family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone who is at that, comes to any of my programs and any of our programs, these are members of your soul tribe. So we're going to be going around all the vortexes and, and um, doing, uh, you know, medicine, wheel ceremony, fire ceremony. We're going to do a mini vision quest. We're going to play, you know, uh, different intuition development games. We're going to be uh, letting go, you know, talking a lot about what we want to release for 2023 and what we want to bring in in its place. Oh yeah. And so, and we're just going to have a lot of fun doing it. You know, moving and you get to swim in sacred water too, right? Yeah, we're going to go swimming in Oak Creek. I mean, uh, come on, it's it's this an excuse to play? <laughs> and, okay. And have fun and be balanced between our human and our divine. And oh man, the last year, the amount of energy. I never felt anything like it as a practitioner on those lands of Sedona because what Sedona does is it, it amplifies. Uh, it's an amplifier, like many of the yeah. chakras of the earth. It, you know, the land itself contains divinity. It contains frequencies and codes that amplify. Yeah, there's intentions. There, a vortex is like a gateway or a portal, and this is. Um... Uh, equivalent to like the Great Pyramids and Stonehenge and other places where Machu Picchu, all these places where there's this great gateway of energy and to do that work in Sedona is is what I've heard one of the most rewarding things and to have Deborah Hess as a co-facilitator is a win. Pure magic. (laughs) Yep, is a win right there. She's wonderful and that, so this is coming up in May of this year. Yes, May 10th through 13th. Mm-hmm. And uh, the registration closes on March, or actually closes on April 1st, but the price goes up on March 1st. So it's your, to your benefit to make your travel plans now and to register now. And uh, you can do that at, at Char's site. Uh, yeah. It's your website. I put a, I gave, I gave Michael a whole page on my website. I was so excited about everything that he's doing. So you can go to my website, spiritualinsightsradio.com, and, and where you see the events page, you'll have the events, you'll have the members only. And then you'll see on location event retreats and events. And so um, go there, read the description and, and click on that registration button. And uh, everybody, come. do you have a limit to how many people you can have? Um, we're going to keep it fairly intimate. So we're, we, yes, we do. We're going to go 25 as the upper limit. For okay. Sure. No more than that. Because we, the work that I do is all about creating safety and creating intimacy. And it's hard to be truly, in my belief, truly intimately and, and feel safe in a group that is like, you know, 60, 70 people. It's, it's, you can do it. It's just a lot harder to do. So I prefer smaller groups. Uh, yeah. I, I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good number. Um, just to be thorough, I want to make sure everybody knows that about the Soulpreneur startup. If you're interested in attending that your dates aren't firm yet. So you want to check uh, Michael's website for the dates when he gets them uh, firmed up. And that is uh, empathconnection.com. So, so we've covered the Sedona retreat, which sounds fantastic. It's four days full of a lot of fun stuff. I also have to mention that I have heard stories about Sedona and some people's experiences, which have been with extraterrestrials. 
So yeah. can I can I suggest you also include in your orientation perhaps uh, sharing proper etiquette when meeting with an extraterrestrial? Like, do what you do we do when we meet the ETs? Do I you mean, curtsy? Do you bow? <laughs> do you salute? Do we give them our business cards? I mean, what, what do, do you we imitate do? Robin Williams? What do you do? <laughs> nine, nine, you know, that goofy thing. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how you work that out because you never know what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, there's a reason that I'm drawn. I've, I've, as an aside, I've lived in every single state in the Southwestern United States, except Utah, California, Nevada, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. And and uh, there is a lot of star energy here. And I, th I think my soul really enjoys that. Yeah. And I have had my own little fun little encounters with the, the star people. And really? It's been quite magical. Yes. yes. Did you know they live in the uh, Grand Canyon? I didn't. I, I did not know that. No. I, That's uh, what Divine Mother says. And I believe uh, her. She was talking about Grand it Canyon. again earlier. I'm going to have to make a trip down there. I'm only an hour and a half away from there. So. She, she said on my recent segment with her that they have uh, lived here for thousands of years. They've been walking among us and living with us and all that. But in one other segment, you can't see them unless you can, unless you have that ability. But they live in the Grand Canyon. It's a very uh, high energy. And uh, yeah. and sometimes they live beneath the, the surface of the of the ground. Yeah, the Southwest Which, is a hot spot. You know, yeah. you can, it's undeniable. I mean, if you're sensitive and you come out to Sedona, you're going to feel the land. You're going to feel the effects of the of, of the cosmic energy uh, so much more. Mm, it's just so much more profound. When I was out and I lived in Maine for a while on the East Coast, my first foray living out there, <laughs> and it was just a completely cuckoo energy. I just did not. There's a reason why Stephen King. It, you know writes his novels and set in Maine because the energy is just there's a lot more karmic energy in the east coast than there is in the southwest At absolutely least, that's there how is I feel it right I yeah. could feel it as I was driving back across the country I took route 66 for mm. in, in in large part I took route 66 and as I got closer and closer to um West West Virginia a little bit I, I traversed through there for a, a few hours but going into Pennsylvania which is where I was headed for, I could feel the energy coming up out of the ground mm. where the grid yeah. beneath the ground had been saturated with all the energies of the wars. Yes. yeah. And it's too. interesting if you observe, if, I don't know how much time you spend on the East Coast. So if you want to, if you want to say just, just for giggles to say that you did live on the East Coast, you can come stay with me at some point. Mm. But the way people respond to that energy with their aggressiveness their driving habits, their attitude yes. is unless, unless you have a really solid uh, spiritual, I think, core. The people who don't are more susceptible to being influenced by that energy and don't yeah. realize what they're doing. I love that. It's uh, it's it's palpable. When I could you're sensitive, but but if you're not sensitive, then you're going to feel it anyway just in a different you know, just community. you just don't know what you're going yeah. through you just feel like you have road rage or that people get on your nerves mm -hmm. or that people are stupid yeah. you know it, it comes through a different filter but i could actually feel the aggression mm -hmm. it was it was fascinating to experiencing to experience it but it's really hard to be in it for me mm -hmm. because the reason i left philadelphia was because it took so much of my energy to keep a, a shield up yeah. against all of that negative energy isn't it interesting that we both had similar reactions to the East Coast? And, you know, when I was, I would go to 
uh, would lay over in, in Philadelphia. I never really spent a whole lot of time in Philly, but when I was in Maine, for sure, and traveling through even some other areas, you know, but even Massachusetts, I felt that mm. war type energy, the colonialism type energy. And no, yeah. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> so much has happened here energetically and collectively, you know, with regard to um, generations of people. We had, you know, um, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, the Civil Rights Movement was, you know, a lot of it was here. Anyway, so the one last thing I want to bring up, because I'm, I'm kind of um, jealous, you're also, you're also inviting your uh, community to join you on an Alaskan cruise. Yes. Now, this I'm really excited about. Um, so it's, it, and the, the beauty of this, everyone, if you're an empath and you're on a cruise, you know the routine, you know, a lot of drunk people and alcohol and all you can eat and not very healthy. The, what makes this cruise different is not only are we going to get to see the gorgeous glaciers and the mountains and be on the ocean, which is just such an allure. I mean, the ocean itself for impasse because water and emotions and impasse go and, hand in hand. So not and, only do we have that. And oceans have whales. Oceans have whales. Oh man, did I have a meditation last night with the whales, but I digress. Okay. So the cruise is a spiritual uh, cruise. Uh, and so what we're going to have is not just me, I'm going to be doing um, probably two workshops on the cruise. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a small group with Empath Connection. So if you sign up for the cruise, I'm going to be working with you personally. We're getting a lot of informal interaction time. If you want to book some private sessions, I'll be available there as well. But what I'm really jazzed about is there are going to be probably around 50 psychics, 50 uh, mediums. You know, this is a big deal. Uh, this is a metaphysical oriented cruise. There's probably going to be, you know, uh, oh, well over a thousand people on the ship. Yeah. And the ballroom is going to hold around 200 people. And every day from morning until night, there's going to be workshop after workshop after workshop opportunity to learn to engage the intellect to engage the divine communication right and then have fun it's like a floating together. psychic fair yeah exactly so i'm sure there'll be a lot of vendors too people who yeah. make handmade stuff with crystals oh all of that yeah. that'd be awesome okay sailwithspirit.com you can uh, go there or you can just go to my website empathconnection.com and you can just click on the link there cool yep well this has been a blast it's been so much fun, Char. I've really enjoyed it and enjoyed uh, conversing and sharing, swapping stories and, and just being in the high vibe energy of, of 2023. So I really appreciate you inviting me on your on your show. I'm um, very happy to be in the energy of 2023 with you, my friend. Mm -hmm. Together, we're going to go places. I can Indeed. feel it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us, which is so obvious mm -hmm. that you've done your time and your brilliant insights with all of us and for all that you do for the empath community. I mm -hmm. sometimes I feel at a loss because um, uh, Connie Viveros and Wendy Gale, who channel Divine Mother and Archangel Metatron, respectively, they teach people how to channel. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, you know, I don't teach. I, I don't know where to begin to teach what I do because I was born knowing how to do it. Mm hmm. So I never figured out any kind of mechanical process to share with anybody. It was always just, so I feel at a loss. I feel inadequate when I know somebody needs help, but this helps me to say, let me give you my take on your situation, but look into that. 
whatever well, training. I can you just tell, I mean, that's a, a load of hooey because I had you in my community and I saw you teach just uh, two days ago <laughs> and, and, and you saw the feedback that I sent to you about the amazing feedback. I mean, I had four different people say how amazing you were and uh, the healing work that you did. And you, you are a teacher. So I don't know where that limiting belief is coming from, but you are a teacher and, and you, I see you as a teacher. I perceive you as a teacher. Oh, and I thank you for, for doing what you do in your service with this show. I appreciate that very much, but no, I am a teacher. I'm a spiritual teacher and, you know, on and metaphysics, you know, I teach a lot, but when it comes to channeling, Okay, I, okay. I, I couldn't tell you. Okay, close your eyes. Uh, okay. All right. Now wiggle <laughs> your left ear. Okay. Now Jesus is going to touch your nose. You know what that's I mean? Like it I, works, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's what he does. <laughs> he flicks my nose and my forehead and says, you're paying attention. But I see in that way, I wouldn't, unless he sat down and gave me a curriculum, I just, you know, I do it. And then there's other things that I figured out that I can share, like with um, one of your community members had a bit of a cold mm -hmm. so what i did share with her was how to gather her energy up in her body and blast that cold out of her body and push it away mm -hmm. this is why i don't get sick anymore since 1996 that's amazing it's got to be really strong to get past me but otherwise i gather up my energy and i say no i have no time for this mm -hmm. being sick like this makes no sense because i would get five sinus infections a year that's excessive wow. Yeah, that's a is. that's a lot of emotional disturbance. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, you know, I really learned how and then it stopped. And then anytime it came close, I could feel the I'm so sensitive. I could feel mm -hmm. a germ in my body floating through my bloodstream, giggling like we're gonna get her. You me too. I, and, I no. walk into I think a lot of empaths have that similar where you, you can, I know I could walk into a room and I can tell within a second whether there's somebody sick in the room because my nose starts running like Boom. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, no matter when you're listening to this segment, be sure to check Michael's ambitious calendar of events at his website, empathconnection.com, and be sure to subscribe to his mailing list. Very important. Get on that so that you won't miss a thing that he's introducing to the spiritual world. Explore the site to learn more about Michael's community, the Empath Sanctuary, his classes and mentoring for intuition development, and how to launch and maintain a successful business as a light worker. Perhaps you feel called to his, to attend his Sedona Celebration Retreat from May 10th to the 13th, 2023, or that amazing Alaskan cruise he just described, and that's in September. If you need help in your daily life as you work towards long-term goals, remember the Divine Team and I have created a healing technique that focuses on helping you build the momentum for success. This technique balances out three key aspects of your energy field and removes outdated beliefs surrounding success, failure, lack, and prosperity. It's on the website now at a discounted price until January 31st. The first three months of 2023 are the most fertile. I just confirmed with Divine Mother that what you create in the first three months of 2023 is what you get to keep. So she wants us all to be hyper-conscious about what we're doing. So take advantage of this opportunity to make manifesting your dreams easier. I would love to be of service to you, especially if your issue is perfectionism. This is for you. And I say this because when we are perfectionists like I am, I have done myself a great disservice in my life because I set the bar so high that things were never really satisfying. And I've learned to change that around. And I want you to do the same. Thank you again, Michael. And I hope to see you again very soon. Thank you so much, Char. All right, everyone. That's my show for today. Until next time, God bless 
and be at peace.